how do I look? Am I okay? Oh, this is going to be all audio, right? Yes. I wouldn't have gelled my hair. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't look like this either. <laughs> Welcome to church. I'm Stephanie, your atheist Jezebel. This episode is a conversation with Ray. He's another one of the ex-Pentecostals from the three ex-Pentecostal episode. His multi-church experience is interesting and this is the first time he's told the story in its entirety. He, he is so much fun to talk to. Uh, we, we could have gone on forever. <laughs> so that said, Enough of an intro, let's get to it. Today, my featured atheist is Ray. Hi, Ray. Hello. Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm great, how about you? I'm doing great, doing great. Cool. You want to tell us uh, about where you're from in the country? Sure. I'm over here in Southern California, uh, a little place called Santa Clarita. And uh, people that are familiar with the L.A. area, it's uh, right around the Magic, uh, right by Magic Mountain. Yes, Magic so Mountain's those, great. Yeah, I haven't been there, Steph, in, oh. in, in so long. It's not even funny. <laughs> I, I like I it there. I live like right, right across. I like it better if it was flat. That's the only thing. The mountain part is harsh. You got to work out to go on those roller coasters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of incline. Yeah, you're right. They don't call it Magic Mountain for nothing. That's right. So, all right. Let's see. We know where you're from. How long have you been an atheist? You know... I've been out of the church for about uh, five years, and I'm going to say an atheist probably the last two of those. Okay. So out of the church, not really knowing where I'm at, where I'm going, but not really bothered with it either. Okay. Uh, I just know that I'm out of the church, so... I'm really not looking for a, you know, well, what am I now or what am I considered now? So um, there was that. Okay, well, let's see. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you this then first. (laughs) Uh, When did you feel like you needed that label or, you know, because I can understand being label free. So when did you decide, no, I'm going to call myself an atheist? You know, it was, okay, so we're talking about coming out of the church five years ago, and then right. kind of just, you know, just going about my life as, um, well, I'm free from church now, and, you know, that's the way it is. And then I started uh, gradually uh, listening to people like uh, Christopher Hitchens, mm-hmm. um, uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, Sam Harris, all these people that I had seen before while I was in the church and just immediately would change the channel right. because those guys are from the pit of hell. Those right. guys are from Satan for <laughs> sure, you know, and nothing's going to, uh, nothing's going to hinder my walk with the Lord. So definitely just close minded to those types of people. 
and uh, uh, like Matt, uh, who is it, Matt Villahunty? Yes. With the Atheist Project. Yeah, Atheist Experience. Um, atheist Experience, excuse me. Yeah, and uh, Talk Heathen, there's yeah. another one. And so just gradually uh, listening to these people and these uh, shows, whether it's podcast, YouTube, whatever, and then just realizing, wow, these guys, these guys are right. These guys are right on That's in cool. terms of their views of religion. Um, you know, in fact, you know, going back to what well, your question was about labels. So I guess now I would be, I would label myself as somebody who would be just anti-theist. That's right. Uh, just, I forgot about just, that. Uh, mm-hmm. So just anti-religion. Uh, I think, uh, who was it? I think it was, uh, it was either Dawkins or, or Hitchens that said uh, religion poisons everything. And yes. I think it was Hitchens that said Yeah, I think that. it's, I think it's probably both, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, there's so much truth to that, that it's just uh, this thing that has held back humanity uh, in, in just so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So then now, now you're not only an atheist, you're, you kind of want to use the label, right? Um, yeah, I don't mind using it, to be honest. I haven't had, uh, an opportunity to, to go out and say, you know, bang my bell and say, hello, atheist here. Is there anybody else? Right. <laughs> so I haven't had that opportunity um, to do that, but I am definitely comfortable with it. Um, I would say that uh, coming out of the church when I first came out, I was still, I'm not going to say struggling, but kind of like, um, oh shit, this is like a big change. <laughs> right? Know? It is though, too. You know? Yes. Yeah. But it was also, but it was also easy to kind of uh, evolve into it because my uh, deconstruction. See, these are all keywords I know now. Yes, right. The deconstruction. <laughs> you know, I would come across these things. You know, deconstruction. What is that? Right. Oh, I got. Oh, then there's. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff I can look into. That very interesting. Um, people's stories that are out there are just. Uh, they're just really fascinating. Yes. Um, Really fascinating, just amazing stories of people and their struggles with it. And uh, I think I got off a little easy because of the, you know, a lot of these people that I listen to, they've been indoctrinated, you know, at such a, you know, from birth, you know, such an early age. And this is kind of like all they know where with me, um, I didn't get into it till the age of about uh, 30. Yeah, that and that's that's a story I like to hear too. But and I'm just gonna back up one thing to make clear because uh, I I know you a little bit, Ray. So when you say you're anti-religion, you're not anti-people, just anti-silly religious ideas, right? Just the idea <laughs> of religion itself. Yes. Um, I kind of I find it fortunate that I went through what I went through because I do understand the mindset of somebody that says oh so yeah i'm a believer in jesus christ you know the the omega the uh the the first and the last and the and the first to cut you know all this stuff and how nothing that you say is going to deter them from that belief right it's just not going to happen i mean i was that person i was the person 
saying that uh, I knew that this was the truth. I knew that this was real. And uh, anybody that came up that would, uh, you know, like these shows that we talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the church teaches that those types of uh, uh, shows, people, whatever, are anti-God. They're anti-Christ. Well, they're sent by the devil, and right? Exactly. Or they're, or they're doing the devil's work. Right. They're sent to confuse Whether... you and lead you away from the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is something the church likes to do a lot. Well, are you confused? Yeah. Well, yeah, I am confused. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Right. Does it? <laughs> Does it, though? I think it pretty then much he is. he is the devil. What's that? What's that? I think it pretty much is. He is the author of confusion. There's How could you say otherwise? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, tell, tell me, how did you how did you get into the church? Well, so you weren't raised with any religion at all? I wasn't. Well, I mean, you know, in my family, it's uh, it was a typical uh, Mexican, Hispanic, uh, Mexican-American family where, um, you know, there was a Catholic upbringing, but nobody ever really, you know, did it. I mean, I think, you know, I'd been to maybe a, a Christmas mass uh-huh. maybe once or twice, you know. And, uh, you know, maybe and I don't even think we ever even did an Easter thing, but wow. there was always like a respect for God, I guess, without even knowing anything right. about it, you know. So there was that, but nothing I would say that would be anywhere close to, uh, you know, uh, um, really living the faith of a Catholic or something like that or a believer or something. Yeah, the Catholic thing to me always, uh, a lot of that anyway, seems like it's more of a cultural tradition than it is. Totally. A fundamentalist yeah. evangelical type Christian thing. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. So, you know, you get together, you have a party, you all kind of believe the same thing, but sort of, not really. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, because Christians, and I don't know if you saw this when you were in a whatever, well, you were in Pentecostal, weren't you? Yes. Pentecostal church. Yeah. So, did they have things to say about Catholics? Like they didn't really, they weren't really Christian. They were. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you would never hear it from the pulpit. Right. But, um, you know, um, when you're close to leadership of the church, as I was, mm-hmm. uh, close to the pastor, close to assistant pastors, um, you know, behind the curtain, yeah, you're hearing, oh, that's Catholicism? That's demonic. Right. You know, vir- well, idols, uh, Virgin idols. Mary, yep. you know, yeah. What's that? What's that? The idols burying the little statues upside down to get yeah. certain superstitious things, you know, which is a lot yeah. more fun though, if you ask me, it's a lot yeah. more fun. Um, so how, <laughs> how did you how did you get into a church then? There you go. What brought you well, to a I church? Got, yeah. So uh, again, let's just uh, so about thirty years old or so, something like that, uh, going through a divorce. Um, I wasn't looking for God, so I thought but I, actually I really wasn't like I wasn't like on my knees crying out to God saying you know uh, please help me and blah 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 nothing like that I knew I was going through this hard time um, there was uh, a divorce um, I was I was drinking a lot back then you know um, I really the whole thing was is I just wasn't happy with the person that I was uh, that I was with you know um, and probably just not happy in general yeah um, but again, wasn't crying out on my knees to be saved or anything like that. 
but I was going through a hard period. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I had lost, uh, I had uh, actually quit a job, didn't lose it. And it was, uh, it, it took a while for me to get back, to tap back into employment. And uh, so I was still partying, I was still drinking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I remember um, I was living in this uh, really raunchy hotel because I had no money and I had just started a new job in a different city. And um, I needed to, uh, I needed to um, be close to that, to that job until yes. I could get back on my feet. So I stayed in this hotel, which was um, very cheap, very, um, uh, you know, I guess raunchy is not the bad word or, or not the best word, but maybe just, it wasn't a five-star hotel. How about right. That? Cool. <laughs> that makes you know? sense. Yes. And, and then so uh, what I found myself doing is, you know, I'm partying on the weekend, Sunday morning, have my hangover. And it was just by accident that I came across this uh, televangelist on TV. Uh. And um, it, it, it was just the song. And I remember the song. It was evidence, dun, 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 evidence, bum, bum, bum. And that song, I just liked the song. Oh, wow. So after the song was done, I would change the channel. And it's not like I knew when he was on or anything like that. And that happened for a few weeks, a few weeks. And then I had decided to just listen to the sermon. And Oops, it yeah. was good. It was good. It's yeah. like, you know, the throwing that fishing line in the water. Mm-hmm. Here comes here comes Ray Ray, the big groper fish, <laughs> to eat, eat what's on that hook. And uh, it just started making sense to me. It just was like, but I still wasn't like, uh, oh, you know, God is whatever, trying to reach out. No, nothing like that. But I did say, I said, well, you know what? If you're real, uh, um, uh, if I if if I ever get to this church, because I knew it was in Los Angeles, but I was in a totally different city, oh. far from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever get me to that church, uh, I will uh, uh, I will give you my life. I will do I will do the work of Christ. Wow. And so it wasn't till about three years after that. Again, still party now. I got my own apartment. Things are going good at the job. I'm making good money. Um, but then the people there started, uh, the uh, management there started acting strangely. They definitely wanted me out. So I quit. Huh. And when I quit, I put out my resume. And nobody would return it. Nobody. It was like there was nobody was returning my resume. And I've been in this profession my whole life. And I kind of figured I was going to get a job pretty quick. Right. Um, but nobody returned it. So there was this one company that uh, returned my call. Hey, we got your resume. We got blah, blah, blah. Really would like to sit down and talk to you. We're over here and yada, yada. And I looked at where they were and it was way super far from where I was. And I'm like, I'm not driving over there. And you know where it was? It was in uh, it was in South Central Los Angeles. Wow. It was uh, it was right there on the corner where that whole Reginald Denny thing happened. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm just like, screw that. So I wouldn't even answer their call. But they called me like three or four times trying to get me down there. And then I think around the third or fourth time, I'm like, dude, nobody's nobody wants to give me a job. I better go down yeah, there and check this place right? out. <laughs> so I did. I went down there, got the job, got was making good money, still living where I was. So I was doing this big commute back and forth. 
Um, and I was on that job for about probably about two years, maybe uh, two years, three years, something like that. It's a little fuzzy. You know how I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then one day I'm just uh, eating my lunch outside this uh, burger joint that I'd been to numerous times before. And I'm eating my lunch and I could see this particular church, the one that the music that I liked uh, way back, uh, you know, years prior. It was called the Faith Dome. Maybe you've heard of it. It's wow, a no. big white dome, and that's the church. I think it's oh, wow. uh, it sat like ten, fifteen thousand people. Wow. But anyway, so while I'm while I'm eating my lunch, that I've been at this place numerous, countless times. <laughs> this particular angle I was sitting at, I could see just the tip of the dome. How crazy! And um, I'm like that's the church. And then at that moment, I, I said, God told me, do you remember what you said? If yeah. I got you to this church <laughs> and I was like, wow. Right. And I went to church. I went to church that Sunday. That is so funny. That's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know, I know what went through your head. You're like, well, I made this promise. And I said, God, if you get me close to this church, I will go. I will give my life to you. And then it's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Nobody else is going to respond to your resume. These guys are going to call you three or four times. And I'm going to make you eat at this burger place where you can see the church. <laughs> I totally, I, I totally just at that moment just thought I was being called, that I was being called. Right. I thought that this was real. This was uh, the the coincidence of everything was just astronomical. How could this not be uh, divine intervention? Right? <laughs> you know. Well, okay. So now, how? Well, okay. So how did you? How did you end up reconciling that original call with leaving the church? How do you? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, no, that's a yeah. that's a total process. I mean, when I went to this church, it was so funny stuff. I had this big ass Bible, like it was like uh, it was just the biggest Bible I've ever seen in my life, and it had it had a thesaurus in it. Wow. And it had a it was just huge, and I'm walking up there with my big ass Bible, going, "What?" The? And I, I was I was not easy with the whole thing by any means. I was I was nervous. I was like, okay, this is going to be a life-changing thing. Uh -huh. uh, but it's like I knew I had to do it. It's like I knew uh, that, um, you know, again, that divine intervention. Uh -huh. And when I, when I talk like that, that's what I thought back then. I know. Now, now it's like I, I don't hold that, uh, <laughs> that uh, point of view at all. Um, so I went in there. And while I'm in service, uh, I hear people um, speaking in tongues. Oh. And I had never, I had never heard that before. And, um, uh, but I had heard about it, Yeah. but I had never actually heard anybody do it. So the whole church, again, Pentecostal church. Right. Uh, and I don't know anything about Pentecostal, I don't know Pentecostal from whatever. Right. From, uh, I wouldn't have from... either. I didn't either. I still barely yeah, I do. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything. So, um, so I hear people praying, blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the service, he says, is there anybody here that uh, wants to accept Christ as Lord? Just raise your hand. And then it, I think on the third time he asked, I raised my hand because I was still like, what are you doing? And had this just whole thing going back and forth, you know, right. like I was, I was scared. I was, I was nervous. It wasn't easy. 
So when you go up and you accept the Lord, then they take you into this little counseling room and they, they minister to you and say, Commence well, you brainwashing. Know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, what? You're totally right. that is so funny. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. So you walk up to this thing and then there was probably about 10 or 15 people there. And then you had to follow them into this counseling room. And uh, the guy who just ministers to you, congratulates you. Uh, you know, welcome to the family, um, you know, and then I asked him, I said, I, I, I got to ask you, I heard people uh, praying like gibberish. Is, is that speaking in tongues? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yes, it is. Would you like to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? And I said, you know what? Uh, no, I think I've done enough for today. Yeah. And I just, uh, I just that uh no but thank you he's like okay well if you ever change your mind next time they give an invitation just raise your hand and and we can minister that to you but in the meantime here's a little pamphlet that tells you about the holy spirit and steph this thing was just a two-fold little pamphlet you know that you see like you know when you're on the road somewhere right so that night um oh but i but okay so i remember walking out of the church and i remember not feeling any different. I remember going, well, I feel the same. Um, I really thought I was going to get struck by lightning or something mm. was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. You know, that old joke. Oh yeah. And, uh, but I, I did, I do remember saying, well, I feel the same. So I don't know what this, you know, what's going on. Uh, but I still knew that I did what I had to do. I, I, I kept my word. Yep. I went and gave my, I went and gave myself to the Lord. Uh, you know, for, for bringing me all the way there to that burger joint to get to the, to the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I go home later that night and I open up that pamphlet and just start to read it. And it's real basic. It has some scriptures, but at the end it says, so in the same manner that you received Christ by faith, receive the Holy Spirit by faith. And just open up your, uh, just open up your mouth and begin to speak. It's all on you. And Steph, I did that, and boom, all this stuff just started what? pouring out of <laughs> my that, mouth. <laughs> it was just gibber jabber, just, but it was explosive. I mean, my body was covered in. Uh, goosebumps wow it it was it was freaky um and it was it was disturbing it was scary um but it was also um the evidence that told me oh my god this is the real deal if i if i wouldn't have had that experience um, I probably wouldn't have lasted anywhere near what I lasted in the yeah. church. So yeah. it was this b- being drawn to this supernatural experience. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought or, was or, nat- or natural experience. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. It's, it's totally natural. It's a, <laughs> believe me. I mean, so somebody who is ignorant to these facts at this, at these times and has this, thing in their head that it is a certain thing divine intervention supernatural that's just gonna run you know yeah and that's what it and that's what it did it it just it just ran and uh i was convinced man 
I was convinced I was brought here to serve the Lord. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's where that was. That's what started the whole thing off. Wow. So how long did you stay at that church? That particular church, because I've had three church experiences Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of interwoven with each other. Right. But that particular church was about seven years. Okay. And so seven years at that church. And one day they had an assistant pastor go up to speak. And I was just drawn to this person. Um, I was like, wow, he really, I, 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 I love the sermon, blah, 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 blah. So there was kind of a, you know, there was that, uh, um, a reverence or, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know? Right. And, uh, so I'm at the church for about seven years. I heard that pastor speak about maybe four years into it, four or five years into it. It was so weird. He was an assistant pastor there, but I had never seen this guy before. Huh. And, but apparently people knew him, you know, he, he was, he had, a, he was, a, he was an assistant pastor. This place was huge stuff. I yeah. mean, it had, it had, it had a school on the campus. Wow. Um, it was a pretty big place. You know what it was? It was the old uh, Pepperdine campus. Really? Wow. Okay. I, yeah. well, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with LA myself. So yeah. And I've yeah. been to some of those big churches, you know, I've never been to Saddleback, but that's one of the big ones down there in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been to the, basically the one in Schaumburg, Illinois, that's sort of a version of that. That was one that had a recent Me Too sex scandal. But, um, <laughs> you know. Really? Oh really yeah. Well, Always fun I mean... stuff. But uh, the one in, the one in Illinois. Um but whatever. Yeah. So you spent seven years there getting that even church, more yeah. into church. And getting more into church. Yeah. yeah. And, um, that, and then what? Not, not, uh, I never got involved in the ministry. Right. I was just going to that church. Uh-huh. Um, so like I never, I never signed up to do any kind of ushering or nothing like that. Um, I was just uh, pretty much keeping to myself and um, I did notice that people were strange. <laughs> wait, I, wait I how did, so? <laughs> they were just strange people. And I just thought, well, you know, I, I don't even know what I thought. I, th- I just, I think I just dismissed it automatically, you know, that uh, some of these people were kind of uh, just a little weird. And then, you know, but I love my brother. I love my sister right. in, in, in the Lord. So I'm not going to judge and, you know, we'll just let it go at that. Um, So I stayed there about seven years. And then this particular pastor, the assistant pastor that I told you that I was drawn to, Uh um, I, I had, I had told him that I heard the voice of the Lord telling me to tell him that if he were to ever open a church that I was to go serve at his church. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I do know a little bit of stuff that you've done. But I don't remember that part, so that's interesting. Yeah, and that I think makes I kept sense. That yes, from you because I wanted because I wanted that wow factor. Secrets, so just... wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Because I do know yeah. some things. Because you know, Ray, Ray's been on Marco Polo for a little while, so we we talk quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do. So yeah, we do. <laughs> so it's um, fun. So yeah, there was that. And again, I don't really know this man. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've spoken to him a couple of times. Really don't know him. Um, and, and that was kind of like, um, I had never heard the Lord before or anything like that. And it was just this, this thing that I couldn't kick. I mean, because I didn't immediately go tell him. I mean, I sat on that for, for a while. Well, why would uh, you tell? God will tell you when it's right. God should tell him. 
go get ready. I don't even think it was that. I think it was just me being scared and like, what is going on? And I, you know, God told me what, I mean, questioning myself, you know, and right. just saying that, and, but it was something I couldn't shake. I went and told him and he said, I remember, I remember he was like, did, has anybody talked to you about me wanting to start a church? And I said, no. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, I'm going to tell you that was the Lord that told you that because yeah. um yeah. because I'm I'm going to be leaving this church and going to be opening up my own church. Now I don't know when, but that's the plan. And you, you know, keep it keep it under wraps and blah blah blah. And then so now I have this confirmation that it was the Lord and I'm feeling good. Oh, so that was the Lord, blah blah blah. Um but I didn't get the call from him for about maybe a year and a half after we had that conversation and it was just out of the blue i was driving phone rings i didn't even recognize the number hello hey this is pastor burns how are you who pastor oh yeah what's going on hey you remember when you told me that the lord said that uh you know for you were you were to serve in my church and it's time and, yada, yada. <laughs> and i said yeah i do remember that he's like well i've officially left and i'm starting a church in santa clarita and I just wanted to let you know, because, uh, uh, you know, I know your brother, I know you're on fire for God and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Santa, what? I didn't even know where Santa Clarita yeah. was when he told me that. Right. But that's how I ended up here in Santa Clarita. I moved everything to be part of this church that from the ground floor. And uh, that's how I got my, uh, that's how I got here to Santa Cruz. Yes. But now I have, okay, here, one curious thing that you said was he, he said to keep it under wraps. Like who told, who told you keep it under wraps now, now. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Keep it under and, wraps that he was leaving. Yeah. Right. Right. Now that doesn't seem like on the up and up to me, you know, you you should be not saying that, but, but I mean, I would say, very much like God spoke to you about going with this pastor that let's say I worked at Bed Bath and Beyond and the manager is super cool. And I'm like, oh, if they ever open their own shop, I would work for them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. isn't that pretty much the same thing? God exactly wouldn't have to tell same. me that. It would just be a thought that would cross my mind. It's like this person's cool. Hey, I like this person. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're you are 100 percent. Right? right. That was a little plug for Bed totally. Bath and Beyond. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a sponsorship. That'd be great. No. <laughs> Maybe I should have yeah. chosen better, but I like Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay, enough about that. Let's go. <laughs> what happened after and, that? And I then? did. I did. I did go to our local Bed Bath and Beyond to try to get my whisk because you know I'm dying to make. I know uh, they're closed, aren't they? They're closed, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody's listening to this in 2042 or whenever we're done with this, then this <laughs> is during <laughs> this is during the whole COVID 19 thing. Where everybody now is baking and cooking and, well, not right. me, not me. It's status quo for me over here. But, um, yeah, uh, that's been, Bad Bath & Beyond's actually been a rough one for me not to have access to, too. Because I'll be like, oh, man, I need this. And I'm like, ah, can't get it. And, uh -huh. yeah, it's it's so weird. But, yeah, well, they're not it, essential. It is totally weird. It's so. like, how hard can it be to get an electric mixer? Come on. Oh, pretty hard right now. Because, yes, everybody's at home baking. So Target's wiped out. Walmart's wiped out. They're just like, no, everybody bought the mixer. So, yeah. <laughs> That's where you should be friends with your neighbors. But you can't have their cooties. So you can't borrow their mixer. <laughs> so Yeah. Like, I am not using anybody's mixer. No. <laughs> no. Gross. Um, okay. So now you're at that church for how long? How long did you stay with assistant pastor? I'm going to say probably about 10 years in that church. 
Okay. So now we're around yeah. 17 years. And I know you're, you must, it must be somewhere around 20 that you stayed in the church. Yeah. Well, that's just church number two. Yeah. yeah. So that was probably about, well, I- anywhere from eight to 10. I, uh, I like to uh, just even everything up to, yeah. you know, even numbers or, or increments of whatever. A sentence uh, for manslaughter because, you know, or something like that. Yeah, eight to ten. I don't ex- know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is, is that all? Is that all it is? I it's don't not... know. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say that might be kind of worth it. Maybe I, I was. Ju- I was. Oh God! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know if we should edit that part out. Be like, wait, what is that guy's last name? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. No? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I don't know. Let's say anywhere from eight to ten. Um, eight to ten years. Uh, but that church, um, that church is when I started this whole process of me deconstructing wasn't Mm -hmm. anything quick. It was a process. Um, and it's that process started in that second church. Mm -hmm. Um, these people, I mean, everything was great. Like the, when we first started, cause you're excited, uh-huh. you know, you're going to, you're, you're helping out this new church from the ground floor and you're going to, you're going to make this church into a big thing and you're going to save souls. So there was excitement there. Um, but that quickly died out. Um, the pastor had no experience in really anything other than just being an assistant pastor. So, you know, and then being an assistant pastor with a big church that he was at, it was probably really easy to get through that position huh. because he had a, he had an assistant. He had a he had a calendar that people were all doing for him. Yeah. So when he left and tried to do this on his own, he was just he he just did not know what he was doing. Um, uh, but very prideful in never admitting that. Like, well, yeah. this is this is the Lord. This is where the Lord wants me. And um, I mean, when we started the church, we started in somebody's home. Yeah, uh, we were just doing like Bible studies or something like that. Sure. And then when and then when he finally got a building, it was like some industrial building that was um, part of. Uh, he was subleasing the uh, the uh, warehouse part. That was part of one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, about eight other tenants in this industrial building. So it was very strange. It was not a churchy vision at all. Well, God can be anywhere, Ray. Everybody knows that. It doesn't have to do with a fancy building. (laughs) There's a lot of those churches. This is such a great balance, Steph. I love the balance here. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're but the, you know, you're the uh, thought of reason right there. Thank you. you know, where were you? Where were you twenty years ago? I'm sorry. Oh God, I was, I was married. Remember X two? Oh yes. man. What a dummy. Right, oh right, well, right. it's all good. But yeah. So so you know um. It is funny to think about that, though, because a church, I mean, all right, here I'm going to say a church is just, you know, a business like any other business. So, yeah, if that totally. manager of that business decides to strike out on their own, you there's a mm-hmm. lot more to it than, and you're a businessman, so you know, there's a lot more to it than just showing up every day and having somebody tell you what to do. It's not like that. Yeah. So once you're the one at the top, that's a lot to do. You don't just yeah, show up it- and go. It definitely uh, exposed his lack of, well, so much lack of leadership, lack mm-hmm. of uh, knowledge uh, in, in terms of 
um, where he wanted, how he, how he was going to get the church somewhere because it was, right. it was really, it was really just uh, blind leadership. Yeah. You need to know what to outsource, what you're not capable mm-hmm. of, what to outsource. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so was now, this one that you now, were behind the scenes in a lot, Ray? This one, I was behind the scenes a lot. Yeah. Okay. I sat on the board. I sat on the board as a treasurer, which was, it's not a, I mean, it sounds like, Ooh, <laughs> no, it, you know, again, it was like just a small church and, you know, I, a treasurer for me is like, it was just keeping, keeping account of, uh, you right. know, payables and receivables or something like that. Yes. And, you know, adding up numbers, it wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist to do that. <laughs> um, but I will say, that you know part of this deconstruction process happening in the second church was there was total there were no supernatural experiences going on in the second church um and well what i thought would be supernatural uh people really weren't people didn't speak in tongues they weren't baptizing people um whereas church number one um i was having quite a few of these encounters if you will um with god you know um right and it's 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 awesome that this is uh audio because you know like all the eye rolls and oh stuff me like that. i'm sorry between, between i know the... i know this is why but you know but, in but some ways between... i would be better on video because you could see the eye rolls and the shrugs and they're like really dude are you sure <laughs> it, it is but... it is uh it's uh you know what? And I just, it, it's so funny that you would think there would be this big, um, that I would feel really embarrassed about it all. And I do feel that a little bit, but not as much as I think that I would. Uh, it, it's almost like, dude, this is, this is what I thought. And yeah. what I really like about uh, finding you. Cause that was, you know, like I was telling you about Hitchens and docking yes. and all that. That's all these podcast searches and stuff like that. That's how I came across your podcast. Yay. And, um, I, you know, I loved it. I, you know, there was, uh, you know, and then I reached out to you or, yeah. you know, you said hi to me. I can't remember how it actually down, what happened. But... What happened was I spotted you talking a lot on our Yappers Facebook group. Ah, and I'm like, oh, we need this guy in Marco Polo. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> yeah, what happened. That's right. So, that's so right. I think I sent you a message. I'm like, hey, how do you feel about doing this? And you're like, I've never heard of it. Let's do it. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I was that all was in. Really man. Fun. I was all in. Yeah. But what I was, what, what, what I wanted to say is that you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of people that went through experiences like mine uh, on all different levels. Sure. And then they're out. And then it's like when I first came out, like, now what? You know, so you're still kind of exploring your life, you know, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. So when you come across a community like this, you Mm -hmm. know, like this platform that you have, it's really nice because Mm -hmm. I've met some really nice people. Right. I know. (laughs) To hear, yeah, to hear their stories, um, uh, it's just, it's, it's just nice. It's nice to know I wasn't the only one duped. 
you are <laughs> no is it's not uncommon it's not uncommon at all is the thing and okay i know you've listened to the born again again podcast as well and i know you contribute to yes. their facebook page as well mm-hmm. i watch everything i see all i see all ray <laughs> but, <laughs> so um they had the um and i can't i can't remember the title off the top of my head but it was like the remember it was like it was like the blueprint of a worship service. I can't remember how, the, what exactly the name of that. Uh, I'll I'll look for it and I'll try to put it in the show notes if I don't forget. Uh, but it was how they basically said this is how how a, you set up a worship service to get the emotional involvement and to basically get people to feel a certain way. You know, the slow music here, the fast music there, the where you put the message, and that. yeah, it was a total manipulation. It's such bullshit. And, I remember that. and, and just that one, that one was amazing. Cause those guys were both in the band. They were both, as far as I remember, they were both in, uh, you know, the, uh, worship band type thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, it, how powerful it is. And that's how you feel those supernatural experiences is to be, well, you were manipulated into that state Yeah. Mm-hmm. to, to feel that not fair yeah no that's <laughs> yeah I, I i remember hearing that now that you're describing uh-huh. it that was a great like, episode uh, it really was and um what a help also for somebody like me um because i was really intrigued with the whole belief system when i pulled out uh-huh. i was just like how did how did all this happen to me right you know um you know who 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 slipped something in my Kool-Aid? <laughs> it's what you know? it feels like, right? And uh, so the whole thing with belief and why we believe, what we believe, and how firm we stay to that belief is just, it really is fascinating mm-hmm. when you think about the, the the human mind and the psyche. And then, but also like what you're saying, when you have people that are <laughs> tapping into that psyche. Right, they know with, it. With mood lighting. Exactly. With a uh, certain type of uh, uh, worship uh, rhythm, uh-huh. you know, um, it puts you in a state of uh, uh, self-hypnotic state. Yeah, you're open to the suggestion. Exactly. It, they, they are actually manipulating how you are feeling and how you're receiving mm-hmm. the information, which seems mm-hmm. really not cool to me because the bottom line, you know, if they weren't asking for money, I, I guess maybe that'd be different, but... You know, mm-hmm. on top of that, they're saying, but well, yeah, and you know, there is a fee for this concert. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so strange to me. So you know, I spent uh, ten years in church, and I could never. I understand what they're talking about about that worship service, but first of all, I could never really attach to that style of music. It's just not for me. I loved the human stories, though. Once in a while, you would hear someone say, you know, how how things have helped them and I've taken that I guess on on this side saying okay how's it helped you to get out of church and Uh and it's kind of it's kind of um an interesting turnaround from my perspective anyway but yeah so so you you were behind the scenes in that church now was that pastor the same guy on stage as he was behind no not at all that's (laughs) actually that's actually what's really um, if I were to pinpoint what what started my deconstruction, it was that it was mm-hmm. seeing this person differently behind the scenes. Right. I mean, he was he wasn't a monster or anything. He wasn't 
whatever, but he did things that to me just weren't him. I, I'm just like, who, who, who is this guy? Right? He yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, he wasn't cussing or using bad language. He just wasn't acting right. He was very, uh, he tried to be very intimidating, bullying. <laughs> I mean, I would hear, you know, and this would be, I would hear these stories, you know, two, two, three days after they happened, but he had, uh, you know, um, different people working behind the scenes with him, either assisting him in something or doing this or doing that. And then I started hearing that, oh, yeah, he, he made so-and-so cry, dude. Aww. And then he made her cry. But then the husband came down and said, hey, what the hell are you doing? Making my wife cry and all this stuff. And then so stuff like that, I'm just, I mean, it, I mean I'm just going, well, that doesn't sound right. Right. That doesn't <laughs> sound like you're being it nice. Doesn't, it doesn't sound, I mean, take God out of the picture. It doesn't sound right at all. But now put God back in the picture. And it's like, that doesn't sound godly, not one bit. Right. Yeah. You know, so I really started to dislike this man. Um, I mm. just didn't like uh, uh, seeing uh, how he was. I didn't like. And then he would make these really absurd um, claims, you know, like sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, we were in service one time and he's like, does anybody know what the oldest animal in the world was? And you know, I used to watch all my mutual of Omaha stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> Me too. I know a lot about I know a lot about animals. You know? That's right. We were about but the same age, so yes, we probably watched the my, same shows. <laughs> my mind right away went to it's either the clam or the tortoise or something like that. I can't <laughs> right. remember what I thought, but uh, I would say, okay, it's probably the tortoise. You know, um, but he's like, and I didn't say anything, you know, but uh, people, nobody knew, and he goes, well, it's the seagull. The seagull lives 120 years and he just drops dead. What? Like he'll be fl- <laughs> he'll be flying, and if it's 120 years, his life is over. No. <laughs> and then I'm just sitting there going, no. I go that there would the well just think about that. The whole beach would be littered with exactly. seagulls or. <laughs> Well, okay. And you know, they've got a, bun- a bunch of them all at the same time too, right? Because, you know, they come in like litters and <laughs> sometimes exactly, a year. Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So oh my God. Claims and the, these claims, I mean, that was an actual claim that he made in a service. And so there was a lot of things like that. Like, uh, what are you saying? That doesn't, that's almost like, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was just strange. So I started... <laughs> Wait, wait. To me, to me, to me, that would be like, okay, if I'm him, I'd be like, well, let's see what else I can get these guys to believe. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) So there's the thing with that stuff is I know that there's um, uh, crooked preachers and pastors Mm -hmm. and all that out there that are, you know, COVID-19. Oh, my God. That song cracks me up. COVID-19. It's so great. I mean... (laughs) You know, a, a, a lot of these guys are just off their rocker. Yes. Um, but is everybody out there trying to deceive people because they really believe this themselves? I right? think there's some of them that do, and I think there's some of them that don't. I, I Totally. You know, I think there are some of them that are just um, charlatans for a better... <laughs> for sure. You call them? For you know? sure. Yeah. I mean, what a great... Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm almost sorry I didn't think of it. You know, as as in business, you know, hmm. <laughs> I could totally do it if my 
I think if you I could. Corrupt- I've heard you preach. You're, you're pretty good, right? I could totally do it. If I had a corrupted heart and yes. I was a deceptive person like that. Right. I, right. I just don't. Yeah, there'd be. Yeah, I just don't see. Uh, but I know all the lingo and I know all that. Mm-hmm. And hey, it's tax free. You don't have to oh, pay yeah. taxes. Well, their language is not hard to pick up. It's pretty simple. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But all right. So you started deconverting in that church. And, and then how'd you get then, to church oh, three? Well, so you know what's funny about the deconversion process is when I was in it, I'm still a believer in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I thought, because I started, uh, I just started not re- not liking this church, right? Uh, not liking this pastor, not wanting to go, hmm. and uh, it was it was to the point where I was even getting physically ill be, uh, before going. To oh, a no. Sunday service. Yeah. I mean, I would just be like, whatever. So in that process, not knowing anything about deconversion, not knowing anything about that, I just thought I was in a spiritual battle. Yeah, of course. Well, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I thought that th- this was the enemy trying to throw me off track and I needed to fight. And so that's where I was. Um, uh, trying to fight, trying to stick it out. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I had the pastor over my house and I said, I'm done. I'm done. So was was that, because um, I know you were in men's ministry for a while. Is that the church you were in men's ministry leader or is that the next? Um, that is not. Uh, men's ministry leader was going to be church number three after right. that church. Go ahead. So, so I leave church number two. Um, I'm married at the time. And um, when I left, I was so, it was like this big weight lifted off my shoulders. I was so happy and in a good place. I told the pastor I was done. I told him, I I, I didn't say that I was done believing or anything like that because I really wasn't. I was still, I was still believing, but I just said, Hey, this, uh, uh, I'm not going to come to this church anymore. I'm just going right. to go my separate way. And well, he was cool with it yeah. for for a little bit. Well, it's kind of like when you leave a really long marriage, <laughs> and then you're like, "Wow, I feel happy and light now. What happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll do a Zoom party. What? Yay! Oh yeah! Oh yes! Yes! Thank you for coming to my divorce zoom party it was super fun <laughs> that was great. i know that well hey great. hey you know for the record i was not the one that asked to separate so so i am allowed to celebrate as much as i want hmm. i think it's cool that yes. we, i think it's cool that you celebrate it i think it's cool that we did that 420 thing i think it's cool that you had the whole countdown clock I know. And, um, I can't believe that I would wake up in the middle of the night going, how many days? Uh, I know. You actually knew more than I did some of the time. I'm like, wait, it's one of the 15 windows in the back of my computer. I got to buy my, where's my countdown clock? But yeah, uh, that was, that was terrible. But anyway, so then right. church three, you end up at church three. How does so, that happen? So church three was totally from the devil, my ex. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah. You, because you I was married done. For like 10 years? It was uh, 12, years. 12. 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. Um, so I was done with it. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to go back to church, which I couldn't believe because she had never got 
anything out of church. Hmm. I mean, she didn't get anything out of it. I mean, she was not on board. I mean, really? she would go to church um, and she believed or said she did. But when it came down to, you know, I don't know, praying or, or uh, going over scripture together, there was none of that. Yeah. It was, uh, I was, I was just left in the dark. You know, that's super interesting. So did you you must have married her somewhere in the middle of church one, right? No. Yes. In the middle of church one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. All fascinating um, to me. <laughs> so the whole thing, her wanting to go back. I mean, there was trouble in the marriage. That's probably was probably one of the reasons she wanted to go back. Uh, but she wanted to go, which was church number three, which is where we're at now, which is still in the same city. Yeah. Um and she wanted to go just check it out. And that took a bit of convincing. Um, I, I was done pretty much. Yeah. And um, she had to convince me, let's try it. Let's just go. And so that took a little bit. And I finally went. And I remember the first time I went to church number three. Now I'm sitting at the last row in the back. Uh -huh. Right. And I probably had my hands folded, my arms folded. <laughs> like, ooh, we want him. We're going to convert him. Just totally not feeling it. <laughs> and I remember uh, walking out, and one of the ushers like, hey, hey, brother, welcome. What's your name? Uh -huh. Oh, my name's Ray. He's like, hey, so listen, uh, it's your first time here. Welcome. Uh, hey, so you know what? You would make a great, and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> He's like, but I wanted, but you would make a great. I'm like, no. I'm not doing anything. Not it. <laughs> nothing. I'm not your guy. He's like, okay, well, okay. Well, pray about it, brother. I'm like, I ain't praying about nothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you were almost, you, know? you would have, you would have saved yourself another three years or so, right? If you. It would have been, yeah. However yeah. many it wasn't... Uh, more years that was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and then the pastor came up, you know, uh, we had gone that time and then maybe a few weeks passed and then we went again and then maybe a few weeks passed and we went again. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't like total commitment like the other churches. Right. Uh, but then the pastor came up to me and said, Hey man, uh, so I've been watching you coming in here, you know, and uh, I just see this, the hand of God on you. And, oh. and I'm just like, really? Oh, He's of course. still here. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I just start, you know, fluttering my eyelids again. Really? Okay. Tell me more. What else? Do I you am see? awesome. Yes, <laughs> you are right. <laughs> now what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, he slowly got me into the ministry um, doing uh, some sort of organization, which I fell right into. I thought I was helping. So it was good. I wasn't a, really like a part of the ministry itself. Mm -hmm. I was just doing a side thing, you know, within the ministries. Um so it wasn't that deep is what I'm trying to say. Right. But then one day he came up to me and said, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, the Lord told me that yeah, you're course. the one that's going to run, that you're the one that's going to run the men's ministry. And then I'm just like, what? I've never done that. But God I accepted, said. <laughs> I accepted the position. Uh-huh. And, you know, like the, uh, what is it, Godfather 3, where Pacino says, I thought I was out, and <laughs> they pulled me back in. <laughs> That's great. Exactly uh, there's your I episode like. title right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I was out, they pulled me back in. That's great. And then, so, so being there, 
I did my duty to the best of my abilities with the men's ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will say I did kind of like it because I was able to connect with a lot of guys. And talk and, about porn a lot, uh, right? Isn't that what you do with those well, things? Well, no, we, we didn't want to I saw that. a smile there, Ray. <laughs> See, we're not on video, but I saw that smirk. There is the, the reason there's a smirk is because I think I was just watching something today about, about uh, Googling porn in the church or something like that. Uh-huh. It was like a, one of the YouTube things I was watching. Really? It's funny. It's funny <laughs> stuff out there. It's funny stuff out there. Oh, yes. Um, so... But I also did, you know, I, I was I was already in a, a different mindset, and I remember one day we had this um, a guest pastor come in, and he was doing the whole thing. It was going to be like an all night prayer kind of thing, and he was doing the whole thing with speaking in tongues, and he wanted everybody to to get into the spirit, you know, rock back and forth and oh, do all the stuff. And I remember I said to myself. I am not going to do it because I want to see what's going to happen. Ooh. And so I, I didn't do anything, but it wasn't obvious that I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. So I stayed out of that state of mind. And when I looked at all the people, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Really? I was like, I was like, wow. Cause it was almost like, I was dead and I was just floating and I was looking at all these people doing all this rocking back and forth. And, and I was just observing everybody and just saying, this is hypnotic. This is, this is not, this is not right. Huh? Fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That was a big, that was a big uh, game changer on top of everything else, you know? Yeah. Huh. So still not knowing all the psychological parts of it. And I still don't know. I'm still baffled with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being pulled out of that uh, of that group at that particular time, watching them, how they were, it was really weird. It was like it was like they were under the spell. It was very strange. Yeah. Whenever they would say, repeat after me in church, I would always be like, no way. I saw that episode <laughs> of the Avengers <laughs> and that's how you brainwashed them all. <laughs> It's true. I remember that. And I would say that out loud, <laughs> too. I would say that uh, X2 would turn over and look at me. I'm like, no way. I'm not going to. I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. That's how you get brainwashed. You're like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so, that is so great. Um, that is so great. Uh, <laughs> definitely, you could be an asset. If we could just bottle stuff. Oh, how great. do we do that? <laughs> no, I, I you that? know, there's, you know, I'm, I'm an acquired taste, I believe. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that everybody so, would want it bottled. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It was this thing of, of, of what I thought was a supernatural experiences that I was having and then going into a dead place, church number two, and then going into church number three and just really pulling out. And I remember when I told the pastor that I was leaving, he's like, really? He's like, he's like, he's like, well, what church are you going to go to? And I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to go to, I said, I'm not going to go to church. Good for you. He's like, he's like, Ray, he's like, do you know what you're going to what you're doing to you and your family? He's like, there's an umbrella around you of God's protection. And you're just going to throw that away. Who knows what you're going to expose yourself to? Yeah. Who knows? And I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. I didn't. uh, I said, 
to myself, I don't remember reading about an umbrella in the Bible. Right. Uh, I, I remember a hedge of protection. Maybe that's what he was referring to. A hedge. <laughs> but I just wasn't, I just wasn't buying it. Um, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'll tell you something funny. When, uh, when I was about 12 years old, uh, I started getting sleep paralysis. Are you familiar oh, no, with yes, that? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I, I every time I so, hear a stupid demon story, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So sleep paralysis around the age of 12. And I still remember the very first time it happened. Didn't know what it was, was freaked out. But so that was probably about the age of 12. Well, that continued in my life all the way uh-huh. up to when I went to church. Wow. Um at first it was a lot and then it just it kind of dwindled away. Sometimes it was only maybe three, four times a year. And then it was maybe only twice a year, but it wasn't until I got into my twenties, uh, something like that. I thought, I thought, what is this? Right. Um, you know? Okay. But that's fascinating because of sleep paralysis, because you were not in the church, oh, but you were, you were exposed to Catholicism. What did you, what happened to you during these sleep paralysis things? Uh, what, what would happen to me is I was fully awake, or I thought I was you fully are, awake. Sort of, yes. Um, I mean, I could hear when it like when it first happened. I could hear my mom talking to my brother in the living room. Um, I could hear uh, a bird outside my window. Mm-hmm. I heard the grass fluttering because my dog was walking by my window, but I couldn't move, and it was freaked. It freaked me out, yes. and I tried yelling. I tried yelling for my mom and I was like, and in my mouth, it was, there was nothing coming out. I was just Mm -hmm. like frozen. And then this fear came upon me. I I had no idea what it was. Yeah. I had no clue what this was about. I think I told my mom about it and she's like, Oh, mijo, you're having a bad dream. Exactly. I was like, no, I was like, lady, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're my my mama and I love you, but damn. You don't know what I just went through right uh-huh. now. I was not asleep. It's creepy. Um, so it was totally creepy. So going into my 20s and stuff like that, I really thought it was some sort of possession. I thought yeah. it was like, I thought there was something coming into my room and um, a demon, whatever, right. you know. Um, and I just learned to live with it, to be honest with you. I was, I wouldn't even put up a fight anymore. Uh, like, like at the latter part of it, like going into my late twenties, I, I, you know, it was, I, I could hear it coming into the room. Mm-hmm. It was always like a really weird, um, like military chopper sound, like Whoa. the, like the big uh, helicopters. Yeah. So there was always that sound before it happened. It was always like a, Whoa. And then it would be like, boom, I'd be paralyzed. So I always knew when it was coming. Huh. And then like towards the end, I would just be like, I don't care. And I yeah. would just lay there. It's such a um, weird, it's such a weird thing. It's super weird. But, but I mean, I'm convinced because I'll have this argument. I used to have some fun arguments with X2. So now that he doesn't <laughs> argue with me anymore, <laughs> but, but, you know, they'd be talking about, well, yeah, there was a demon on her chest while she was, you know, mm-hmm. she was visited during mm-hmm. the night, demon on her chest, blah, blah, couldn't move. And I'm like, yeah, it's sleep paralysis. <laughs> and and I'm mm-hmm. also convinced that you would not see those things if it wasn't something you already knew about. So if mm-hmm. in your totally. life there were no demons, there was demons was not an option, then that's mm-hmm. not what would be there. Like for me, when I was four, I think it's going to be the only time that I'm going to say I probably had sleep paralysis that I know of. I mean, I'm paralyzed every night for at least nine hours, but that's just me. <laughs> but but 
the one time I remember <laughs> is is that like um a dog floated through the ceiling and then a boy floated through the dog was barking at me and I was terrified and I I couldn't really do anything you know and then mm-hmm. a boy floated through the ceiling said sorry and <laughs> grabbed the dog and floated back up through the ceiling and I'm like and then when you actually wake up you're like oh my god mom 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 <laughs> oh my god I'm like <laughs> I'm so scared you know once the scream comes out it's a loud scream <laughs> you know and you're like oh no and and she's yeah. like ah it was just a dream it was just a dream. like yeah well my eyes were open it was not just a dream <laughs> it was real but <laughs> you know it's the it's the it's the most bizarre thing yeah and and I never I never saw anything it was just a presence in the room yeah. And a paralyzation over my body. But I've heard people I've heard people talk about they've seen demons mm-hmm. at their at the at the foot of their bed, uh demons sitting on their chest, yep. uh demons holding them down. I've never seen I never saw anything. You see it what you believe. A, a, yeah, it was just a dark presence right. that you know that was there. So I thought. Um and, and the reason I bring it up is when I officially left church three. Mm-hmm. And during my whole Christian experience, um, I didn't have sleep paralysis. And Ooh. there's a whole there's a there's a story with that where I was um, from church number one, mm-hmm. where I said to myself, I won't have this again. And then it did come back and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. Of course. Way. Yes. It was a little bit more dramatic than that. But that's the gist of the story. Mm-hmm. So now it's like 20 years of not having the sleep paralysis. I didn't have anything, right? anything. And um, I think it didn't take more than a week after I quit church three (laughs) that it came back for, it came back and it was really quick. It was really fast. And I thought, Steph, oh shit. (laughs) Oh shit! What have I done? Right. This um, this umbrella that the the pastor was it's telling me about, all, it's right? It's all true. <laughs> and then I, it was really quick. It came in, and I, I was like, "Oh my god, it's back!" And then it just left. So it was gone. It was gone like really fast. Okay. So uh, and it it hasn't been back since. But I pulled myself out of that. Mm-hmm. I you know I real quick I said, "Oh shit! What did?" What's going on here? But then I said, dude, it's in your head, bro. Good job. Good job. And it is. So did you, and this is just, uh, this is, we have kind of got off on a bit of a tangent here on sleep paralysis, but I think it's fascinating. Um, Did you know about it by then? Did you know what sleep paralysis was by the time you left the church? And you still figured out like, nah, this is all in my head. Hmm. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that it was uh, w- what it was. Um, when I say when I'm when I'm saying that I told myself it was in my head, I wasn't necessarily necessarily saying, "Dude, it's all psychological." I was telling myself, "You're built you you built yourself up because you left the church or something Interesting. like that." Interesting. Yeah. And 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 the umbrella thing got in your head. Yep. And that's what this is about right now. So yep. that's kind of like where I was coming from. It's so funny. I mean, had I just done a uh, Google search. <laughs> right. But I, I don't even know where you would start to Google search that. Um, I don't know. Would it be like a long search? Saw a demon in my sleep. Feel like I'm awake. N- awake nightmares. What would happen? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would be a tough thing, I think, to really start and find. 
But okay, Ray. I think I think how I found out about it, I was watching I was watching something on TV and there was a, a whole thing on it, a whole thing on yeah. sleep paralysis. And I started watching and I was going, dude, that's exactly what happened. To uh-huh. me. So that's how I found out right. about it. If that was more public knowledge, there'd be a lot of people that were less worried about uh, demons visiting them yeah. in their sleep. Yeah. So I have, I have um, let's see, you mentioned, you mentioned one of the things from the first church, which was welcome to the family. And that's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that keeps people in because they are, they, it is a community. And that is, that is why that's, I think the number one thing people miss when they leave a church is the family. If it is really mm-hmm. a family. Cause I think, well, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about people, as soon as they leave the church, the whole family is just, well, sorry, see ya, you know. Yeah. Which That's is how a it bummer. Is. That's how it is. Yeah. So we're making our own family over here. We're doing our own yeah. thing. Yeah. No. It really is. I mean, it's like, I, I know there was been a couple of posts on the Yappers uh, Facebook page about something like that. Yep. Um, and you hear about it all the time that people are, you know, um, people believe that they've made these uh, really deep connections with mm-hmm. uh, other people. And it's only if you're in their club, man, if you're going to leave the club, they might even want to reach out. But church number two, I found out the pastor told the congregation, um, you know, this decision Ray had, that was not of God. That was of the devil. Uh, And uh, you would be wise to not associate with that. Because it's found that out. Yeah. Found that out behind uh, somebody had told me, hey, uh, because uh, they even taped the service where he said that Ooh. he's, uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was a friend of mine, a, a, a woman friend of mine, and she sent me an email. She was like, "You got to listen, uh, listen to uh, the service from this Sunday. I think he's talking about you." And then wow. so I went and listened to it, and I was like, "That mother, mother." That's right. <laughs> and then so uh, church number three, where I wasn't heavily involved in the ministry, uh, I heard that the pastor had told the entire leadership team that people that leave this church you pray for them uh but you don't uh you don't socialize with them uh yeah okay and seeing that to me is one of the keys of a cult that's it right there you just mm-hmm. no we're, you're, we're done with you but i my yeah. one of my theories is because i this was a bitty big pretty big church that i went to and my thinking is more like they're not even really who they are when they go to church. <laughs> so they keep up that facade while they're there. And then, you know, I mean, and while they're around their church friends. But then once you're out, either why would they keep up the facade around you anymore so they can't see you because then word gets out? And I don't know. I just, I think that it's not, I, I think that the odds of developing a real genuine friendship are maybe even less than it would be in the regular context of the world. Yeah, I think you're right because um, these are people that are just willing to disown you thinking that they're doing God's will. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, what does, what does uh, light have in common with darkness? Right. I think we're That's the light. They're... That's the thing. I think they don't understand that. <laughs> I think we're the light. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I'm totally I I, I am totally I'm I, I love the decision I made. Yeah. Um I'm not really uh bummed out about that journey. 
Um, you shouldn't be. It's it's gonna it's yeah. being it's being used right now for something. Is, yeah. So yes. Yeah, and that's what I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in people that um, you know that uh, need somebody to listen to. I mm-hmm. mean, these podcasts are great, Stephanie. The ones that you know these um, these other interviews that you've done, they're just uh, they're awesome. They're awesome yeah. to listen to. Oh, thanks. Um, and they do help they will help somebody it's just real people Um, even if it's just like wow you know and and that's what i thought and yeah you know and i i'm not losing it or or just something you know well it's real people being um, real real people being real keeping it 100 Mm -hmm. and um that's what they need you know and uh the you know the people that have been uh indoctrinated from at birth Mm -hmm. i mean those guys really got it tough you know i think Uh, so yeah but um but it's just glad to know and hear that uh, they've just said, you know, I can't do this. This is not real. I'm pulling out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, I, I think your journey has been really good and it's helping other people. Cause I know, you know, you, you've um, well, <laughs> we should save it for a father's day edition, but I know you've told me a little bit about your dad and you've helped out someone else about their dad based on that. And it's just, you know, we're all here to help each other. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where I'm at now, I mean, um, if I, if I could share that a little bit, sure. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm raising my, uh, my little boy, he's 11. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's already said he doesn't believe in God. And I, I tell him you, you're right to believe that son. there really isn't, there really isn't. And, um, I remember I walked in his room and he had his back to me and he was on uh, one one knee tying a shoe. And I said, I walked in and I said, are you praying? And he's like, what? No, no, dad, I was not. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he's yeah, he's already him and I have had discussions about um, even even things that would, you know, that would scare a, a kid, um, you know, afraid of the dark stuff like that we have those discussions son there's nothing out there there's nothing no right. monsters no 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 devil no demons nothing's gonna hurt you um but we do have to be careful careful from mankind itself because yeah you have to be the... careful what you let in your head yeah. yeah well and they say that from their side too <laughs> which is the kind of ironic but you know they you have to yeah. be careful what you're willing to believe without investigating i guess that's it people I feel like people in the church are just there to be led sometimes and they forget to yeah. ask questions and they forget to do some research. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot from, you know, just from my observation, there's a lot of people in there that could use um, professional help, you know? <laughs> um, I, I mean, you know, from, yes, I- from I- I do. any standpoint, I, um, but coming to God, they feel that they took whatever, you know, whatever challenge they were having mental or whatever you know they believed god took it away you know yeah but the whole point was you believed it you could believe it without god you could believe you know you just you can think your way out of almost anything and just trying to you know change your whole mindset it's one way to do it and it is one day at a time nothing happens overnight you know true true yeah yeah well yeah yeah I do have one, at least one more question for you. Do you have anything else to, to uh, tell me before I ask you the I final question? I, I don't think so. Um, I will say this is the first time I've ever 
talked about this in this detail. Wow. In this type of length. And um, it was a it was a good thing to do. I would. Um, yeah, I would encourage anybody that you approach to uh, because there might be there could be a little trigger thing like, uh, well, I don't want to talk about it or, yeah. you know, whatever, something like that. But I think it's good therapy to do huh, to, cool. to, to, to talk it out. So, yeah, now that our discussion therapy session is <laughs> coming towards the end, are you how much of your family and friends are you able to tell? Like, do you hide it or do you able to just be? Because I know you're in business too, and so am I. And this question comes up for me quite a bit, where they're like, "Can you, you know, are you cool with just being an out atheist?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I at first I was kind of really not announcing it to the world, but I think I was maybe didn't want really anybody to know because I think I was still juggling where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two older boys that are in their 30s, and they Whoa. know. I've told <laughs> yeah. them. Okay. Cool. Yeah boomer here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i have two boys that are in their 30s and they know um i haven't like i haven't okay first of all there's the whole thing of not even really being a tight family i've just never okay. had that connection with i've never really had the mom and dad connection kind yeah. of thing yeah so um you know i'm over here in santa clarita i think they're like 40 miles east of where i'm at uh, so I did tell my boys and they're like, uh, oh, they, they really weren't shocked or they really didn't have anything to say about it. Yeah. Um, so, but like my mom, I haven't told my mom, I haven't said anything like, you know, but I know that she knows just by, mm-hmm. I just know it because of, uh, I don't know, it's this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, to me, I don't think it needs to be announced. It's sort of like, just mm-hmm. live your life. And I, I mean, I'm fully in favor of if somebody flat out asks you, you know, do you go to church? Do you believe in God? Then you should answer those honestly, unless there's really, really a reason that you can't. But otherwise, yeah, I don't think it's something you need to advertise, really. But and that's funny, because yeah, it's I sort of opposite yeah. of Christians. Their their whole point is to advertise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To re- advertise and recruit. Yes. <laughs> We're not about yeah. recruiting. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> No, I, I think um, if uh, like somebody were to ask me, like, like, like let's say somebody from church or somebody, uh, I, I don't think I would have a problem saying now. I, I don't think I would have a problem saying like, okay. uh, I don't believe anymore. Yeah. And it's it's so, it's so funny that, you know, like when you look at these shows like the uh, uh, Matt Dillahunty show yeah. and, uh, yeah. Talking, yeah, and yeah. then um, Talking Heathen, mm-hmm. they're talking to people who believe in God. Yes. And they just pour all this energy into this debate about it and nothing changes. I mean, because I've had conversations with people about uh, God and stuff and it's so exhausting. Yes. Because <laughs> it's just exhausting and you're right back where you started from with that particular person. Uh-huh. It's like, how do you, how do you convince a flat earther that the earth is round. <laughs> um, no, yeah. you know what? All in good time. A lot of the time, you know, sometimes you, right. that little seed has been planted or whatever. And, and they eventually get there. I'm, 
I mean, how many times these people can take these calls with like, you said you had proof of God, prove God to me. And they're like, well, the Bible. And it's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but, right. You know, right. <laughs> prove to me why I care about the Bible. Uh, yeah. It's just whatever. But it's still entertaining. I like it. I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and you're totally and, and you're totally spot on when you say that it is for the people, the other people that are listening. Yep. And uh, because most definitely that's where I was listening to this stuff, going, "Wow, you know, that's that makes totally sense, total, right. total sense." I think when you're in the fight, so... you don't hear it. Yeah, but when you're when you you're on the outside watching the fight, you're like, "Oh, whoa, those guys have a point." You learn a lot. You learn yeah. a lot. Uh, the the platform of us, the 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 Yaptron and the Yappers, and just this whole format is more about being friends and having someone to talk to that you can be honest with, not about converting people or bashing Christians. Don't be a dick. Yeah, that's exactly. true. Ready for the last I question, Ray? <laughs> Do you remember the last question? Because Kate gave it away. I don't uh, whatever. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why are we not screwed after all? Why are we not screwed after all? You did all? forget it. Wow. <laughs> I just I just don't think that we are. I think that it is it's awesome to be alive. It's Yay. awesome to be here on this freaking ball spinning mm -hmm. God knows how fast um, around this orbit of the sun. It's just amazing yep. that we're alive. Right. And uh, it's a journey for sure. And you learn things and some things, you know, you go, oh, my God. And it's an experience. It really is. And uh, I don't think that we are screwed at all. I don't think we are not one bit. I think it's a. It's good to be alive. It's good to be here. I like that answer. Good job. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ray. That was really fun. Thank you, Stephanie. Great... You are awesome. Thank I you. am so glad that I was, uh, I'm so glad that, uh, that we connected, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, great. the whole thing. You're teaching me so much, Marco wow. Polo. I don't know what the hell Marco Polo hey, was. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I'm not a boomer. You're the only boomer we have, I think. You know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am the only boomer. I missed uh, it. I, I missed was, it by a I little think bit. There was another. I think there was another boomer in our uh, 420 Zoom meeting. Uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but I think somebody had called. Oh, him a Jim. No, you know. Ooh, I don't I, know. He and I might be the same age, so I think you're still the only boomer. It's you know. Yay! Hey, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. He I might even be younger than me. Pride. He might be. We're pretty close together, so yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. that's well, fun. Hey, I don't that's mind, fun. I don't mind being the only boomer, not one yeah. bit. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you're you, awesome. Man. I can't say that enough. Um, it's all good, man. It's all good. Thank you. Good job. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ray. Ray is a part of our Yappers group on Facebook. You can say hi to him there and just let him know how much you liked what he had to say. Go to facebook.com, search for Yappers, answer a few questions, and you can be part of our little friendly atheist community. 
If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com, Your Atheist Pastor. Stay godless, everybody. 